Who are we? Nobodies. Speak for yourself. Okay. We're Canadian filmmakers with the dream of surviving financially on the backs of our films. Welcome to our show where we bring people along on our film journey. Maybe, maybe we can learn a thing or two. Maybe we can teach people a thing or two while drinking beers. I mean, if you can't drink beers while filmmaking, what's the point? We are Fable Forest Films, failing our way to success. Welcome to Jurassic Park. I mean, our show. First frames first. Okay, good. Uh, welcome. I don't know why I'm welcoming you. But um, <laughs> I've been here a while setting up. It's uh, it's true. It, tell us, it, it, tell us. You know, I don't even remember how to start shows anymore. Um, You're actually an experienced show person. You've done a bunch. So why don't you tell? Start I, with that. I have, tell us who you are. Uh, sure. I mean, well, first, before I tell you who I am, yeah. Um, why don't we just start by saying that we're we're a couple of the gents from Fable Forest Films. That's right. Uh, based out of uh, Kitchener Waterloo, Ontario. That's who we are. Um, this is Adrian Constant. I'm Jason Green. And Adrian, why do we want to start a show of some sort? Well, we're just tracking our journey, I mm-hmm. suppose, because what the direction we're heading is we would like to make films. Not just one film. I think we want to make many films. Yeah. The thing is that what we're trying to work out is we're trying to you know, crack the code. Mm-hmm. How can we get a return? If we put $5,000 into a film, yeah. how are we going to make that money back? And once we crack that code... We can hopefully become professional filmmakers. And what I mean by that is we can eventually pay the bills with filmmaking. Like you are paying for your car, you're paying for your mortgage, you're paying for your retirement by making movies. Which is like the greatest life. Making your movies, which is like the greatest life anybody could have. And I feel like like immediately we've launched into like interview mode. But I think what I'd like to see happen is over time we sit down and we just talk about what we're doing. Right. Yes, so that's right. So we've made we've made two feature films mm-hmm. uh, so far, and we're we're moving, you know, into the future. To me, I think one of the great things about having a show and sitting down and trying to do it regularly is let's see if we can maybe entertain people. Yeah. Maybe bring people good. along that's with good... our journey. Yes. Um, and show people like take the lid off of the the filmmaking that we're doing, mm-hmm. um, good or bad. Uh, what we know about filmmaking, (laughs) good or bad, no, yeah, and but uh, we don't like we don't know much. Very true. There's a lot of people that know a lot more than we do. One hundred percent. And but at the same time, I think that we've had experiences uh, that other people would like to listen to. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And and hear about our follies and our mistakes and and whatnot. So many mistakes. I think like for me, what I like about the idea of having this show is uh that we can we can hold each other accountable for things right okay so as an example if let's <laughs> i'm a little surprised but okay right? so let's say <laughs> let's say for instance that i need to be working on a script or something yeah yeah, you yeah. know if we're having a show every two that's weeks, right you know it can be like a check-in what's happening it? with the script like let's say let's say you have the script that you're writing that's like it's an, a piece about a group of buddies that goes to a cabin or something like that. Right. And and you're trying and you're trying to write the script. Well, the first draft. The first, first draft, draft let's is say done. The first draft is written. Let's just Wonderful. say, hypothetically speaking, the first draft is done. Have you started the next draft? At, at this stage, <laughs> no. Okay. How long has has it been waiting? Well, for uh, you to get going. It's number of since weeks since before Christmas. Since before Christmas. 
Shame on you. You deserve you deserve to be struck in right? the face. And so this is this is what I'm saying. This is the there good thing about bow. having a show right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're four minutes into the show already. Yeah. And and uh, for those of you that are joining us, you know we've had some discussions about about having a show and what it would mean, and how we would do it, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we talked about once upon a time, a long time ago, and maybe some shows will see the light of day someday. I don't know, but I did work on another podcast which That's was right. audio only. So I know that we're, we're, we're adding some video elements to the show, mm-hmm. but you were concerned that we shouldn't have a video show necessarily that's an hour long, let's say, right? Yeah. Because people on the internet... Yeah, well, the thing is, if it's just two people sitting at a table talking, why have an hour of video? Because the thing, the honest truth is what someone would do is what I do. And if somebody's just talking at the camera, right. I can just listen to them. Bingo. You know, I don't need to have the video element. If the video is essential, right. like if it's like, hey guys, look at this shot. Then, then you want to have the video. And so that's why I think, believe for the show, we should have a certain video element, mm-hmm. but only like a, it's only a short element, mm-hmm. maybe seven minutes. So there, so there you have it. So I think, yeah. I think what we're going to try to do is have a five to 10 minute video portion of each show Yeah. where we actually, uh, we think ahead of time, unlike today, Yes. about which pieces of the puzzle we want to have on the video element. So if we want to show pieces of our work or show yeah. pieces of other people's work and talk about it, talk about camera angles or shots or whatever we want to do or show yeah. lighting techniques or anything like that. Yeah. Um, we're going to bring that into the first five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then we'll shut the video down and we're going to continue on. And if people enjoy listening or want to hear the other things we'll talk about, maybe we can tease it or something like that. Yeah. And, um, and then go forward and have a little bit more of a discussion yeah. in an audio version. So for sure, I think what we, what we would need to do is we'd need to take the structure mm-hmm. of the show the whole show, we do a seven minute version. It's a little bit punchy, but we don't really get into depth on anything. Right. And then if people are interested in listening to us blabber on a little bit more about it, then we can kind of loop back. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when we kind of get in depth and we talk about stuff a little bit more. And we a bit more casual. We crack a few more beers. Yeah. And we, it's more conversational, right? Right. Today's first episode is not sponsored by Coors Banquet Beer. <laughs> no. We will likely... You know what? On the day when we're sponsored by a beer, we're going to... Yeah. We will, we'll, we'll stack it up. It'll be stacked up over here. We'll just... No, yeah, that's not going to happen. But that's okay. not. I mean, maybe. I mean, who knows? Tony, Tony's music performance was sponsored by Steam Whistle. Steam Whistle. That was awesome. Come on, that's cool. That was cool. Yeah. Okay, so um, format. Let's talk a little bit about format. Okay. Wait a minute. Let's put a hold on on format. Yep. And I know we're jumping around. It's our first show. But tell tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, I studied film, okay, and then I worked in the film industry on the on some of the larger sets. And the thing about that is that you you have to be in the big cities if you're going to work on sets and you're going to earn your living doing that. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I love working on those big productions. Love it. But I met my wife, and what that meant is that I moved to Kitchener Waterloo, mm-hmm. and Kitchener Waterloo is not a big enough city center for to to be able to earn a living on large film sets. You would need to commute to Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I did that. I did two day calls in Toronto as a camera assistant. And I got caught in traffic one day. And I was like, I'm out. Fuck this shit. Toronto is a monster when it comes to traffic. It's like out of this world, the number of lanes of traffic that are jammed and not going anywhere. Like I was in traffic after a full like 12, 13 hour day. Mm -hmm. I was in traffic for another three hours. If I did get a show that brought me back into Toronto, feasibly coming back and forth every day 
was just... You uh, could have listened to podcasts every day. Yes, but my wife would have slit my throat in the night okay. with like a spoon. Hmm. You know? Not like, oh, you hardly felt it, now you're bleeding out. Like, you have to like... You know why she would use a spoon? <laughs> Tell me why. Because it would hurt more. <laughs> yes, exactly. This yeah. is the point I'm yeah. making. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Way to steal. Good and he, do you know what? And he's funny as well in that that villain. Yeah. Um, he's funny. Mm -hmm. It's very comedic role. He's dead now. Yes, I know. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. Very he was sad. awesome. He Snape. was awesome. Yeah, Snape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hans Gruber. That's not his name. No, it's Alan Rickman, but <laughs> Hans Gruber in Die Hard movies. Um, Movie. Um, yeah. um, okay. Uh, cool. So, yep. Yeah. We don't want to know too much about you. Yeah, that's right? that, that's. And then over here, when I arrived here, I made a film. Mm -hmm. I wrote. I, I was. Let me tell you about the epiphany quickly. Sure. I was standing on set, watching all these people run around, and I looked at the sides that I was holding. Yay, big! And it had some. Da -da 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 -da. It had some text, mm -hmm. and I just pictured the writer sitting in their underpants, just out of their imagination. They just pulled this thought, and they were like, "Yeah," and then you know. The heavens opened up, and the devil, you know, and God and the devil fought and match on the on the grass, and it was amazing. Everyone here is running around because of what some writer came up with in his bathrobe, and I was like, it starts on the page. Yeah, that's where it starts. And the next week, I started writing myself, hmm. and I wrote and wrote and wrote. And now this is many years before I moved to Kitchener, but when I moved to Kitchener, and then it just when I got into smaller video, I was like, I had a script that I felt was ready, so I shot it. And that was the first movie, I Was a Greenhouse. I Was a Greenhouse, yeah. That's right. And then um, after that, I wrote Bickerman's Grove. Mm -hmm. And we got to we got together on Bickerman's Grove and then post-mortem on I Was a Greenhouse. And um, yeah, and then shot and made that. We made that together. And yeah, so I think, two I movies think, in the can, I suppose. I think um, someday what I'd really like to do with this show is like break down. It'll be fun, I think. Yeah. Just break down different, you know, times of of your life you know bring in uh cast and crew and and people from from the the first two movies yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. or we can have guests of any type yeah yeah um and and chit chat about stuff because um, yeah we I, we definitely want to get experts you know what i mean mm -hmm. people that know some shit even if they're just on the phone yeah so jay tell us a little bit about jason green yep um so for me um i moved uh, always been in like a like a tech field yeah um have been a manager for a major tech firm for seven or eight years now but yeah but um always loved film always always let me change that always loved going to the movies yeah not a huge film buff per yeah, se yeah. i wouldn't say I, I classify you know film buffs as you know people that study yeah, yeah, yeah. i just immerse you know just love ingest just ingest a lot of movies and yeah. um uh, you know, all growing up, loved love movies. I started to want to become a writer when I was in high school. Yeah. Now, is this and, you uh, wanted to become a film writer or, or script writer? Yeah. Script writer. Yeah, screenwriter. Sure. Yeah. Right out of the gate, my first um, concept for a film was Ghostbusters three. Uh, so I wrote a, a large Ghostbusters three. I'll tell you about it someday, maybe. Um, <laughs> you had mentioned uh, it before. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that was my first my first go, and and um, and you know, when I was working in Ottawa, I grew up. In the Ottawa area, and what's uh, going on? What, what are you biz, doing? Biz, biz. Oh, yeah. sit, sit down. You're ruining everything. There we go. Okay. So, so take that thought back. 
Becca Franklin ahead. Yeah, so when I was I was living in Ottawa, um, my 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 cousin and best buddy Mike Wirtz, um, we wrote. Uh, we decided we were going to write for the screen, so we wrote a buddy comedy, cool. and uh, and we completed the whole thing. Which I think, and 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 I really want to, uh, you know, I think talking about writing mm-hmm. is got to be a huge part of the show. You're you are a, a writer. I am, let's say, a terrible writer. So, I, but but the thing, is, but as a terrible writer, I know how difficult it is to get through an entire complete thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge, right? So we uh, we wrote a, uh, wrote a complete screenplay. And when we when I moved to Kitchener Waterloo, we decided we would try to film this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was massive. And um, and that's another complete story. But we you know had a huge failure. Um, call it our film school. And, uh, and then I quit film stuff for years and then, um, you know, injured. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And, uh, um, we'll have to do a show dedicated to your de- story. Dedicated to, to uh, Guinness, yeah, Guinness, AKA the world's greatest. Um, that was the name of the movie at the time. So yeah, no, it would be a, a fun story for sure. Um, so, uh, then I, uh, I went to work, <laughs> a normal job like everyone does present company excluded and um but then at one point i just i decided i was going to kind of get back into it because i i've never been able to stay away from it too much and always continue movies so i started um helping other people around the area so i would watch on different websites and facebook and and see who was doing things in the area and i would go and help them and and yeah. um and that's and I ended up working on um, something with uh, with Michael Malko, and that's where I met you. That's right. Um, on one of his short films, um, BLJ five seven. Yep, uh, it was it, like a license plate was the name <laughs> yeah. of the short film. Yeah, um, which I don't think anybody's seen, but uh, but good. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it fun. And uh, so, anyways, that's where that's where we met, and um, yeah, and then I started to uh, jump in to to help you with Bickerman's Grove, and uh, it's been it's been quite a quite a, a thing since then yeah we've actually grown really close since then we've been doing like a lot of film stuff together competitions yeah competitions but not only that like it's just we just i don't know we've kind of teamed up yeah for and sure it's cool and yeah. it, it feels great yeah so so that's a that's a little bit about who i am yeah and and i and i think i think probably um i mean it's up to you but we could probably Cut yeah. the video at this point because I think I think what we want to get into at this stage, um, we can leave the video rolling if you think, but I think we should talk about just the show and what we want to do. Yeah, like, what kind of format, what we want to add, um, what we want to call the thing. Absolutely. Um, you know, we had some some ideas at one point. Yep. Um, and then, uh, well, maybe we can tease. I suppose we better tease what the name of the show is. Yeah. For the video. Yeah. Um, so the name of the show is going to be First Frames First. Um, we're not going to create a brand new website for it. No. We're not going to create a Twitter. No. Um, everything's going to run off the Fable Forest website and the Fable Forest Twitters and Facebooks and all that That's kind of right. stuff. So anybody who's subscribed to our Fable Forest um, newsletter, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, um, they're going to get the, all the updates. And I think your camera just shut off. 12 minutes. So there we go. I mean, it was perfect. Now we've got these videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, see, look, three angles. Um yeah awesome okay so okay. first frames first thanks for watching the video portion and we're going to shut these videos off and uh, yeah. continue my camera my camera just stopped anyway all right perfect <clears throat> awesome 
How, cool. do you think, how do you think the video portion went? Yeah, good. Amazing? Yeah, yeah. amazing, fine. It was a good, it was good, to, it was good, to, a good warm up, I suppose. What, you know what I mean? Was I, am I still fat? <laughs> yeah, you didn't, yeah, cha- you didn't change that much since the beginning. But you can change me in post, is my understanding. Yes, Because absolutely. you've done things, like to bricks. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can, I can, around. I can make you, you know, Thanks. different face. I, I'm gonna make you a hot chick. You can cut, give me a haircut. <laughs> why did you tell? <laughs> Since I've known Jay, yeah. For how long? How many years? Two uh, years? Three. Three years? You haven't you haven't cut your hair? No, I, I haven't you, cut my I, hair. I met you when you were a skinhead. Did you? On Michael's on Michael's. I was shaved. Film? My I had my head shaved at that point. I think so. I may have. I may have. It's possible. Yeah. It was right around that time that I started not cutting my hair. You made a decision. Yeah. Now, I've never found out what the decision was, and I don't think you would ever just openly no, I, say anything. No, I won't. Not even, not even today. But, um, but uh, I, I will say, uh, for anyone who's listening, um, that many, many people hate my haircut. <laughs> And, and I, I hope you've enjoyed it on YouTube uh, or whatever this is up on. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, for sure. I get a lot of flack for it. Yeah. Now, what I am going to do is I'm going to come in. Oh, perfect. Now the sound's going to be better. Well, I mean, it, it'll, it won't be bad. This is what you have to understand about boom mics. Is that if you can bring it right in, you do. Huh? I'll fucking cut you. <laughs> Motherfucker. After the issues issues I've had with sound, you want to tell me where the boom mic should be? Yeah, that's fair. That is another conversation. Yeah, that is a conversation. Yeah, we're good. Okay, Okay. so let's 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 just talk about the show in general. So, um, it was funny. Um, I can't even remember why. I mean, I think we've been talking about doing something like this for quite a while, right? Where we... (laughs) Where we... Uh, I think I think maybe the original idea for this show came from you saying that you wanted to take an idea from right from inception. That's right. And kind of produce the journey of that one concept, right? That's so right. Let's say we come up with a script idea. How do you brainstorm? How do you like bring people along with the 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 um, you know, the, the carding, the, mm-hmm. the putting it up on the bulletin board with the thumbtacks and the, you know, moving story elements around and then, okay, we're ready to, to move to script format and then all the way through. Yeah. Um, it's just the thing that I would have loved mm-hmm. is I would love to see the creative process in action. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that every whenever anybody thinks film and they think the creative process, they think of shots. They think of shooting, but like the gem of what you are creating happens on the page. Mm -hmm. Like that's where it all begins. I I think it begins before that. Well, yes. I mean, but in the writing, in the conversation, in the coming up with the log line right at the beginning, in in deciding what the movie is going to be about and that whole process of writing. And if somebody had chronicled their journey through a story to a finished product, I would love to watch that so i I was like we should 
we should do that because we are doing that. Yeah. Like we have ideas that come up and we flesh them out and we really work them. We sort of need them until they are something that we feel is workable. Mm-hmm. And then we and then eventually we end up at the script, you know, in the script phase and then we hash it out and then we go through that again and again until we have something that eventually we're going to shoot. Mm-hmm. And then why not chronicle that as well? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people who are chronicling like how to shoot, how to, you know, how to frame a camera and all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that goes on the the um, DVD bonus stuff, right? So, or or even okay, you're going instructional. I'm mm-hmm. going, uh, you know, yeah. the making of documentaries where yes. you know everybody nowadays is bringing a second crew on almost to yeah. chronicle the the making of the film from absolutely. You know. But I I think the one thing that 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 I threw out there is that you know we always ha- seem to have these days anyways fifteen irons in the fire, yeah. right? So you know j- being able to go okay. This is the idea that we are going to we're gonna we're gonna work it we're gonna build it we're gonna screenwrite it we're gonna move it all th- through the entire process that we've built all the way to production all the way to post and distribution and blah 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 um, we can do that but we're always doing so, so many things at the same time why not chronicle just the journey of what we're up to yes right and so sure. so people can get a sense of. You know, sometimes it's not all about one project, right? That's you can right. pour everything into one thing, but you should probably have a few things on the go. Not not to say that you don't focus on one thing really hard when you have to, um, you know, because, I mean, you know, when we went into to production for Bickerman's or when we did the Postman stuff or when, when we work on a contest or anything, you know that you're working, you're working your ass off on that one thing. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the other things stop, That's right? right? And yeah. And I think that... Um, you know, one other big aspect of filmmaking these days is, you know, all the social stuff. You know, we worked really hard over the last, let's say, four months, I would say, or three months talking about and building and figuring out how we're going to, you know, present the, the films on the web and get them up online and all that kind of stuff. And there's so many aspects to the filmmaking process that we can talk about, here's where we're at with Bickerman's Grove. It's it's in the can. It's It's available right now. You can go to iTunes or Vimeo or Amazon or Google Play. And uh, and search for Bickerman's Grove or search for I Was a Greenhouse. Both those movies are online. But what are we doing with them now? That's right. right. There's still more to do, mm-hmm. right? And even though we're talking about new films or working on new things or even just researching completely, uh, you know, uh, things that are completely out of the wheelhouse of what we are personally doing, mm-hmm. um, there's always tons to talk about. And I think, I think that's kind of the inception of what this show is about. Just, that's right. Just who we are mm-hmm. and what we're kind of up to. And hopefully... Um, some people will get something out of it. Yeah. Future filmmakers. Yeah, absolutely. Like the thing is that it feels like everything is changing. Mm -hmm. It feels like the the way that people did things in the past is not the way that things are being done anymore. True. And what I believe is going to happen is I believe we're going to see the emergence of the middle class filmmaker who is making movies that are getting onto DVD Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, that are getting onto Netflix and are getting onto the major platforms, but they're just your next door neighbor. Right. But the thing is, because the kind of money that, you know, that used to be associated with films, I I think it's going to go away because there's so many people with cameras. There's so many people making films. There's so much content out there. Mm-hmm. Like for for kids from 10 to 18... You're competing with YouTube. They don't give a shit about movies. Mm-hmm. They maybe watch a couple of TV shows, but they're on YouTube like it's a religion. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
But I mean, if, I, I'll throw it out there that if somebody wants to pr prove Adrian wrong and and you know give us two hundred million dollars to make a giant blockbuster, you can you can get in touch with us uh, on our website. Yes, you can. <laughs> we'll take two hundred million. Do you know what? Let me and let me let me say this. I am more. I'll be more prepared. I like. I'd be more prepared to take one hundred twenty-five thousand to make a movie than two hundred million. Fuck, man. You gotta make two hundred million me back. <laughs> the the movie let's say let's say we had concepts for a two million two hundred million dollar movie it would be pretty hectic right yeah that's I'd love to, I would love to speak to somebody who's made a two hundred million dollar movie and just see if they're like look it's the same <laughs> yeah right <laughs> no but but I have a funny feeling that no one human being like yes there's a CEO or yeah, or yeah. I mean it's really a, it's the director so EP. you know um, but there is a guy who's in charge of that $200 million. Yeah. But there's no one person that's making that movie. There's not not even one person that's really making the $5,000 movie either. It's just much bigger scale, right? Yeah. Anyways, let's let's move on from dreaming for a minute and just talk about this show specifically. So what are some of the things that you want to talk about on this show? Like if we had a, uh, you know, let's say we had, we have our seven minute mode and our, let's say 40 minute mode, right? Where yeah. we're going to talk on audio or whatever. What are some of the things that you want to go over? So, I mean, number one, we should do, um, you know, like a uh, like a recap of what we're up to. I, I really think. Yes. Every, oh, absolutely. Every, every we have to. Let's say we're doing the show bi-weekly or something yeah. like that. So we're catching up, um, which which in itself I still feel could be the biggest benefit of doing this show. Period is just. Uh, having some beers and chatting and making sure we're still on yeah. the road that we're still on. For sure. Even um, if even if only one person, even if it's only my dad that listens. Bingo. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, my wife's not going to listen. I I had a show before, <laughs> you know and she, my wife's probably not going to listen either. <laughs> you, just be careful what you say. Yeah. It, it's, she might. Right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and your someday your daughter will listen. So just be careful. Yeah. Yeah. My my sons are they won't be listening to my old show until they're. <laughs> Until they're older, twenty-five, or I'm dead. <laughs> it was that vulgar, hey? I wasn't, love it. Wasn't good. So, so yes, yeah, so we're gonna catch up. We're gonna talk about maybe what we have on the horizon quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd love to talk about development. Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about ideas and concepts that we are developing mm -hmm. and things that we are working through, and in the writing process. So, near and dear to my heart is writing. Like I love it, and I would like to talk about issues that we might be having okay. on the current projects that we're working with mm -hmm. you know um <clears throat> let me ask you this question yeah if we're gonna t let's say we're gonna take up like a project and work through it right yeah we're gonna sh show them uh, at what point are we spoiling potentially the movie that people may watch someday do you, do you think anybody cares never like, do, you, do you think that because I'm, I'm never worried about somebody stealing mm -hmm. an idea that we have because I think that's, you know, I think um, uh, the the guys that I, I read from, I can't remember what both their names were, Ted Elliott, I believe, or Terry Elliott, um, they, they have a website called Word Player. That's right. And, the guys uh, who wrote um, Pirates of the Pirates Caribbean, of the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah, and and a bunch of other movies, and they're great. Um, when I first started um, writing Guinness, these were the guys that I consumed a ton of. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of their, I think the first um, blog post that they talked about, they said that you should immediately, if stop, quit. Uh, just immediately quit. That's right. Um, because it's so hard and so heartbreaking. And uh, 
and yeah, I, I think we, we get it. But unfortunately, you know, when you've, when you've got that, that, that desire or that dream or that push, you just want to keep going. It's totally stupid. Um, it's totally stupid, but so you, can't, dumb. you can't help yourself though. You just got to keep on going. You yeah. get it. You get a movie idea. You write it down in your little book. You, you look at it. You're like, this is a cool story. I'm going to try and tell the story. Why hasn't anybody told the story before? And sometimes you fuck it up and sometimes yeah. you, sometimes you will knock it out the park. And I mean, we, I don't know what knock it out the park is, except that you, it, you know, you feel like it's right. <laughs> you feel like you've, you've done the story justice. I think, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, and I think that you, um, you just got to get better. You know, That's I right. think I, I almost think that there might be, although this is coming from uh, continued failure, um, but, or let's say not failure exactly, but um, never quite being where you want to be just yet. Right. Yeah. But I almost wonder if everybody gets to the end of the project, even if they're about to win Oscars and we're like, I could have done that better. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm next movie. I'm not going to fuck this up. Yeah. And nobody cares. Right. I mean, probably, uh, you know, some people care at this point. Um, but you know, maybe you're, you're making beautiful art. Yeah. But for you, it's not enough yet. Right? That's yeah, for sure. And do you know what? Like, I think it it is Steven Spielberg who said, you don't, uh, you don't finish a movie. You, you don't finish a movie. You abandon it. Ah, nice. Because because it's never exactly right according to the filmmaker. Right. As an audience member, might be amazing. It might be perfect. Yeah. Now I believe that you can make a perfect movie, and that's when you enter the movie at the beginning and you exit the movie at the end. You've loved the story for what it is, and you wouldn't change anything. There was no line of dialogue that like stuck out where you're like, mm. you know, it kind of made the hair in the back of your neck stand up because it sounded so crap. But like. If you enter the story at the beginning and you exit at the end and everything just held you in the right place and took you through this journey, that to me is a perfect movie. Hmm. Like, there are perfect movies out there. There's lots of them, you know? And the thing is that if something, anything, pulls you out of the story, it's not a perfect movie and somebody could have done it better. Right. Now, you can have a perfect movie and the director's like, I really, really hate this. But the audience does. The audience might not see that. Mm -hmm. That's no excuse, though. The director should. You have to be happy as the director, or as happy as you can be as the director. For sure. I mean, I hate jumping back and forth, but yeah. I'll get back to the word player, and and what those guys said about about stealing movie ideas. Yeah. Was that um, you shouldn't ever worry about it, right? They they get into this whole thing about how. People really want to, you know, they want to keep everything secret. They want to write down their screenplay. They want to send it in a, you know, sealed envelope to the Writers Guild or send it to themselves so that they've got proof that they wrote whatever they wrote. And they just said, look, if you wrote a movie and you sent it to Universal, Paramount, whatever, and they're like, there's no way that they would take your movie idea and throw it away or steal it. And, and pay someone else to write it, you know, and, and potentially put themselves up for litigation in the future. They just want to, they just hire you or yeah. they just buy your script and then hire somebody. hire somebody to rewrite it if they didn't think you were a good enough writer or whatever. So, yeah. So they, they said, you know, don't put your screenplays on a shelf, you know, get them out into the world. Talk to people about your ideas. And uh, I can't remember who I was reading. Um, uh, it it might have even been the Save the Cat guy. Um, and we can get into books that we like Blake and all that Snyder. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
But I think he was talking about the uh, telling people the concepts of his ideas in a coffee shop, right? That's right. So he would just walk up to a random stranger and say, hey, do you want to watch a movie about postmen that are secret agents, right? And go into three minutes talking about, you know, the idea for his movie. And if he saw their eyes light up and they wanted to know more, he knew maybe he was on the right track. Yeah. Right? Um, so I, I think, but but here's the question. Circling back. How much do you divulge? How much do you talk about? Do you, do you let, would you let the general public read a first draft of your script? No. I wouldn't, I would talk about the idea. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't let the, the general public read a first draft unless, unless, I, unless there was something specific I wanted to show because a first draft is garbage. <laughs> I, what I have done before is I had a version of the first film that I shot and it was unfinished. I was a greenhouse. I was a greenhouse. Yep. People pressured me. They were like, we want to see it. We want to just see it quick. You know, just a couple people just wanted to have a quick look at it. I was like, all right, all right, all right. But it wasn't finished. And what ends up happening is that they cannot separate because they've never seen anything unfinished. People only see polished things that have been colored, things that have been, the audio has been, the audio has been mastered. Everything is perfect and in the right place. That's how people consume content. So what happened with I Was a Greenhouse, when I show normal audience members or regular audience members an unfinished work, all they think is it's garbage. And they think you're garbage at this thing that you do. But you know it's it's not finished. And yeah. you know, the, I know the that 47,000 to... things that you're going to do before yeah, it is written. for sure. And I'm like, yeah, no, and you're sitting there while they're watching it. Like, yeah, I've got an add an effect in there. That it, so what's going to happen over here? And you're trying to explain your way through the movie. But all they can see is a crap movie. Mm-hmm. And likewise, with a dr- with a, putting your first draft on there, it is garbage. Guaranteed your first gar- draft is garbage unless you made a mistake. Like, if you're the exception... Mm-hmm. Then maybe you wrote something first time and it was like magnificent, but that's really that's like a I don't yeah. know that's like a shooting star, yeah. you know. So I would say um, concept, uh, yeah, basics, maybe some snippets, some things that you really like. Like I don't think, scene. yeah, I think you could you like we could talk about all the aspects of a movie, and it, I don't think it will detract from people sitting in front of a screen watching, watching the, the actors. Yeah. Watching the actors actually say these amazing lines, like full on, with 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 the soundtrack playing behind them, you know, mm-hmm. with all the intensity of the world, like they're giving themselves to the role. I don't think you'll take away from it, no matter how much you and I sit here and pontificate and talk, and like I don't think we'll spoil it. I, like I think it. I think we could get into we could just talk about our ideas and what we're going through, and mm-hmm. it would be fine. Cool. Okay, I like it. So so there will very likely be a segment where we we tease some stuff and then we expand on it. Yeah, I would love to. And you, you, you had talked to so, us specifically yeah. about some writing stuff. Writing, writing issues. So I've written it down. I think, I think some the other things that I would really like to talk about would just be, um, you know, uh, some of the tips and tricks. Yeah. Right. With regard For to anything, anything okay. film related. I, I think that we should we should always be on the hunt, right, for mm-hmm. great tips to bring into the show. Yeah. Right, and to because I think at, I think so at some point we want to document um, our process, right? Yes. And we should be honing that process, and we should be uh, sharing it with others, right? And they oh. should be like, "Hey, okay. you guys sh- probably shouldn't do this. You should do this instead, right?" Mm-hmm. Or this is the you know proper booming techniques. Let's say, you know, okay. we we could talk about we could, we could do shows about sound. Yes. Bring in some professionals. Yeah. Talk about specific movies with specific problems show vert you know yeah sure i mean the thing is that what we're going up against is 
like there is so much stuff about the technical aspects mm-hmm. of how to make a movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is every piece of information out there. Yeah. You go to YouTube, you type in your question about making a film, yeah. and it's there. The thing that I feel like is not there is independent filmmakers and distribution. Mm-hmm. Distribution is huge. It is everything. Uh, we got to the end of making our movie. That's right. And then we're like, what do we do now? Yeah. And I, I think you, you're, you're absolutely right. There's tons and tons and tons of people in our exact boat, right? And, and you know, we, we made some decisions to begin self-distribution. That's right. right? Yeah. Uh, on video on demand, mm-hmm. right? Um, which anybody in theory can do, mm-hmm. right? Um, but maybe we want to walk through how we went about it, right? And not only that, but what happens from this point on? Right. Like, w- the information that we don't ha- necessarily have yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this, like, we want to talk about how we are getting that information, how we implement that new information, right. and what are the results, right? you know? Especially like like we're waiting for the results for the paid advertising for the, the December thing for the December push that we did on Bickerman's Grove. Right. Like we spent four hundred and fifty bucks on paid advertising. Canadian. Canadian. You for, know, for because an- we will someday someday a worldwide audience will be listening to this first show. Yeah, and yeah. we'll have it dubbed in Hindi. No, come that's on. ridiculous. Come on. Okay. Uh, but like, just like, what are those numbers going to like? And one of the gripes I have is that how long it takes the aggregator, our distribution aggregator, to get us that information. We still don't have the. It is now the mid February, right? And we still don't have the information for December, which is garbage. In this, in currently in the twenty first century, mm-hmm. how can it take so long for information to get to us? Because I can tell you right now, when we were just with on Vimeo on demand by ourselves. And only on that platform, the moment there was a sale, we knew. We got a notification and an email. Right. They need, and we. this is a conversation we need to have with them, and we should record this telephone call. We need to say to them, how are we supposed to run a campaign when we don't get the, the stats of how successful our campaign is for three months? Yeah. I it's wonder, I wonder if they'd be willing to be on our show. Yeah. Uh, so we well, can have a real discussion where yeah. we shit on their heads. Or we, or or we, we, we won't we shit on do, their heads. We just, we'll come to a really nice... We just do a telephone call sure. and we don't... No, we, we would have to tell them, wouldn't we? Yes, of course we would. <laughs> yeah. Just put them on speakerphone. Of course phone. we would. Would we? Yes, of course we would. Really? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. No, but really. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I mean... Here's the thing. Here's the thing, everyone. You don't have to get permission to shoot everywhere that you shoot but you probably should yeah for sure yeah just right out there yeah i mean the thing it just depends on on the scale the size of your production and how scared you are of you know liability issues if somebody hurts himself yeah like which which is an amazing thing to talk about yes so we should talk we'll talk about that insurance oh god i'm so excited Someday, someday we're going to have to have insurance. But do you know what? But I was listening to a podcast of, of a group of guys talking about, just some guys talking about shooting on the street. Mm-hmm. And they, n- n- not even, wa- oh, it was on YouTube. It was a YouTube video of people talking about shooting on the street. Yeah. And they didn't mention, like, getting in touch with the city, getting in touch with the film office, and then the film office giving you permission, giving you a permit along, and in order to get that permit, you need liability insurance. Yeah. And it is, a, it is not a quick conversation. It's a fairly long conversation to have with any city. Mm. Apparently, 
a lot of the cities around us, though, the permits are free. If you have the proper liability insurance, liability yeah. insurance and such and such. I mean, we can we can dig into it. For sure. So When the, we need to. Another thing that I would love to talk about is just quick little touch on a movie that we've seen. I'd love to just just like just down it like we're not a, we're not really a movie review. We're not really reviewing movies. But you I w- just want to talk about movies that we've seen because that is fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and not not like we don't have to go on and on and on, but maybe we can pick a movie and we can just like be like we we both watched this. Why did it work? Why did it not work? Yeah. Things no, like, I love things it. Of that I nature. Love, because I will tell you uh, you don't you rarely watch movies. No, I watch movies all the time. I just don't go to the cinema as much as you. You watch movies all the time? I watch movies all the time. All right. That's good. Have you seen any of the Oscar-nominated movies? No. <laughs> I haven't either. So, so you know, I've been, we've been talking about doing this show, this first show, for like... A hundred years? Yeah, it's been a while. So, I was like, you know what we got to do? First show, we're going to talk about... The, the Oscar nominees and who's going to win. We're going to make our predictions, even though we haven't seen any of the potential Oscar winners. Except I think I saw... I, I did see Hidden Figures, which was wonderful. And I think it's up for something. And I, I think that... Uh, I think there's a couple of movies you wouldn't expect that are up for some stuff. Like, just some action movies and things like that. that like what? Uh, I can't, I can't that. Come on. I can't remember. You can't remember? No, I honestly can't. But... but um, I don't even think that our fir- this first show will be available for people to listen to prior to the Oscars, <laughs> so there's probably no We'd point in in, uh, in move movie, but... like molasses. Yeah, for sure. Someday when we have you know a, a Twitter following of fifty thousand or four million people, then we can live tweet during the Oscars and people will care what we have to say. No but, one uh... will ever care what we say about the Oscars. Come on. The the Oscars are uh, I want one. You want you know, an you know you know we could, I also do. You know what we could talk about? Oh, I did see. I saw the uh, I saw Arrival. Did you see Arrival? Yeah, I haven't. I'm dying to see it, man. See, I listened I so listened cool. to the interview with the writer. Yeah. And amazing story. Yeah. Like he wrote he wrote a um, he wrote a query letter and he sent it from Korea. He was teaching English in Korea. Mm. And he sent it from South Korea, and he he managed to score himself an agent. He got the meetings he needed, and he sold his that screenplay. So I, I I'm I'm ex- I'm excited to see who wins. La La Land. I still I'm I'm really excited to see it. We actually tried to go see it, brought the whole family, and it was full. So we got get to out of here. Yeah. Now I mean I could have seen it since then, but so I'm lazy. So I I did see Hidden Figures, and I did see. Uh, uh, Arrival. Those are two up for Best Picture. Best Actor, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, oh. Denzel for Offenses, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Casey's going to get it. He won the Golden Globe. He's going to get uh, it. Casey's going to get it. Did you hear, did you watch the uh, the Ben Affleck, Casey Affleck thing? Did you, <laughs> no, did you, I didn't. You didn't hear it? It's pretty funny. But I heard Ben. He thanked everybody except for Ben. Ka- yeah, Casey Affleck <laughs> thanked Everyone for his Golden Globe, except mentioning his brother. his big brother, and then Ben Affleck went on uh, on Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, Jimmy was like, you know, uh, I I went back to uh, when you won an Oscar, and uh, re re pulled the footage from Ben Affleck and Matt Damon talk, uh, when they won their Oscar, and he mentions his little brother um, in his ex- Oscar acceptance speech, and it was pretty funny. Anyways, it was it was a good. <laughs> he was pissed. It was pretty funny. That is awesome. Anyways, and Viggo Morganson for Captain Fantastic. So we'll oh, see. can't wait to watch that as well. That is right up my alley. So again, I haven't seen a single 
uh, movie uh, that's up for Best Actor or Best Actress. Arrival for Best Director is the only yeah. one I've seen. But anyway, so yeah, there's uh, I'm trying to find the one that. Uh... So what we have right now is um, if I had to list off what the show is going to be about, what we're going to do, we're going to what are we up to right now? Yeah, we're going to dive into writing, writing issues. Then we're going to go into tips and tricks on the process. And I, I put in in uh, brackets sort of film stuff that you should know. Yeah, sure. So it's just, uh, and, it, and we can just touch on it because the thing is that the resources out there for people to learn are infinite. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, I think it might it might even be more fun to and we tell can link more to that. about our story. Yes, right? and how, so we, like, how we duffed it up. You, you know, someday we spend, you know, a show specifically talking about um, World's Greatest or our time working on the Postman stuff and everything. that, ha or, or maybe we, you know, do some special episodes for people that are, you know, um, subscribed to our newsletter where we, we do a whole show about, um, you know, we bring in other cast and crew members from um, I Was a Greenhouse or Bickerman's Grove and we sit around yeah. the table and we just talk about the experience of, about, you know, shooting and coming up with the concept and mm -hmm. everything to do with I Was a Greenhouse and do a huge show and, and just have that go out to our our subscribers and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so yeah, anyways. film stuff that you should know mm. based on our experiences. Yeah. Cool. Based on our experiences. Boom. Alternatively, uh, none of this stuff and some of something else. No, no. No, I think we're okay. Fucking <laughs> <I can> weirdo. <laughs> Alternatively... Other, other, other things. Yeah. No, no, no. I really like that. That is good. But you see, what that is, is that's just basically like, it's just, we're going to talk about our stuff yeah, and sure. what we've done. So then we're going to have a little section about the films that we've seen, like maybe a film that we've yep. seen. Yep. Like the BFG. I haven't seen the BFG. Get the fuck out of here. No. Have not. Was it awesome? No. It wasn't? Almost awesome. Spielberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was, that's why it was so sad. It was almost awesome. Now we're BFG. so close to being awesome. Oh. Now, when you see it, we can we can get into. So I should see it first. I yes. should watch it. Yes, and we can get into why I think it didn't quite hit the mark. Okay, so I'm. I'll tell you what. So HMV. Yeah. A big, going, going a big on. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, or maybe well, I don't I th know. I think it's in in the states too. In the states too. Yeah. Used to really be music, honestly. Yeah. Like I don't even know what HMV stands for. Can you? But. Yeah, but I they're going out of business now, and so uh, when they first announced that they were going out of business, I was like, "Perfect," because I don't shop at HMV. Uh, because these days, all it is is DVDs and mugs from Game of Thrones and a yeah. pizza cutter that looks like you know the Enterprise, which is pretty sweet. His master's voice. Get out. That's what it stands for. HMV. HMV stands for His Master's vo Voice. The title of a painting by Francis Barraud of the dog Nipper listening uh, listening to a cylinder phonograph which is brought, uh, which was bought by the Gamophone Company in 1899. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's a it. shame that they're going out of business because it sounds like... Yeah, that's weird. They have a bit of history there. So, so uh, I don't shop at HMV anymore. I really don't. I... Now, I, and I actually had uh, this conversation with Connor the other day. Connor's my oldest son, 13. And we were talking about the fact that um, I watch and buy a lot of DVDs and Blu-rays and whatnot. But I usually buy them secondhand, mm -hmm. right? So I go and buy them from like a thrift shop or 
Um, there's a store that I like in town called Beat Goes On, so it's got all used stuff. And I was just talking to him about the fact that, yes, I'm getting these DVDs for, you know, two or three or five bucks or whatever, but none of my money is going into the film industry. So we were having this conversation about the fact that the pile of money that I spend on the things that I'm buying, none of, all of this money is going to, like, a second-hand store guy that and the guy the... that owns the store. Not yeah. There's nobody that's getting... It's only the, the first purchase of a DVD or a Blu-ray, really, that's any money's going back to the artist. And, I mean, who knows if any of the money... <coughs> bless you. Any of the money's going back to the artist. I, yeah. would love to, I would love to get into discussions with, let's say not... It'd be really cool to talk to a major player, like somebody that owns a big movie, but even a medium-sized movie where they, their stuff is out on DVD and how much money did they end up making back from like Walmart or whatever. It might be minuscule, you know? So yeah. it'd be nice to, it'd be, again, what we really want to do is we want to bring guests on this show. That's right. That teach us things. And, and people that listen to the show. Right, exactly. Yeah, but teach most, everybody. But Sure, but mostly us. Mostly us. Yeah. Because so that, I'm the most important person in my universe. Sure. That makes yeah. sense. Um, so anyways, uh, HMV, going out of business, I'm like, perfect. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to buy a bunch of DVDs and it's going to be awesome. Uh, so first time I go, 10% off all the DVDs. I'm like, hmm. Again, that's just not even the tax. Right. Yeah. So again, I'm still going to be paying, you know, $19, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I left it. Then 20% off, that's when I bought... Uh, Batman the Killing Joke. Have you seen? No. Awesome. Is that the animated? Yes. Mark Hamill does the Joker. And uh, Kevin Conroy does Batman, the same guy that did uh, the voice of Batman for Batman the Animated Series. So they brought those guys back. Oh, cool. and, it, and the Killing Joke is awesome. That is cool. Um, so, so good. I would say still my... F I mean, the Dark Knight Returns is amazing. But mm -hmm. Killing Joke is pretty great. Anyways, bought Killing Joke because I've wanted to for a while. And I picked up... The Newsroom, Season 3. Very cool. Can I borrow it? Yes, you can. <laughs> yes! I love so that show. My, uh, Aaron Sorkin, you Aaron biscuit. Sorkin is a genius. Yeah. Uh, social network, but really the West Wing, right? Yeah. And, oh, um, man. Like, you've watched the whole all, all I've the watched seasons? all of the West Wing. Oh, so good. How how did somebody say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do politics and I'm going to make it... Unbelievable. Exciting. The the uh, my favorite story the about terror. the West Wing. Sorry, it's okay. I I can't remember. I want to say three years ago, maybe four. My dad got me the first season of The West Wing on DVD for Christmas, and so uh, Anne and I sat down. We watched the whole season one, and then we were like, "This is amazing." We went back and picked up season two. At the same time, uh, oh man, this might be more than four years ago. Then, anyways. At the same time, I had to go on a business trip to D.C., so Washington, D.C. So where I was watching season one, I had to go on a business trip to Washington, D.C., and I was like, this is amazing. That's actually what the White House looks like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but but I was walking around on the set of the West Wing, you have to understand, right? I'm, I'm walking around in Washington, D.C., and, and I wasn't walking around on the set. I was walking around in the location that... Yeah. Right? So I came, when I came home, you know, we were in the midst of season two. We watched all eight seasons from December, uh, from Christmas, one year, until March. 
Holy! And, right? That's eight that's seasons. like a regiment. Yeah, it was crazy. That's we were, not like relaxed. You're like you like get home from work. You're like West Wing. Now. That is that is what we were doing. We were watching probably two to four episodes every night, and on the weekend, I don't, like we had children, but I don't know where they were during those months. <laughs> they were we were. I think that was around the time when they could make their own sandwiches. Yeah. So we were like, go away, play computer games. Um, but during that period of time, I was like, you know what? We're going to take a trip to Washington, D.C. And so we actually brought uh, both the boys. Um, I had traveled so much for work uh, around that time that I got three of our four flights for free. Nice. And, uh, and, anyways, and I had a bunch of hotel stays booked up or whatever. So we almost flew for free. We almost stayed for free. All we had to do was really pay for our food and all that. And the the sweet thing, it, see, this is a travel show now. And the sweet thing about Washington D.C. for anybody that's thinking about going, is that the Smithsonian uh, has 19 museums, and they are all free. So you can go to you can go, everything that you could possibly imagine wanting to do in Washington D.C. You can go on a tour of the White House. You can go to any of the 19 museums, which include art galleries and like. You know, if you watched like Night at the Museum uh, with Ben Stiller or you've, you know, whatever, um, you've seen Washington, D.C. stuff. You've seen so much Washington, D.C. in TV and movies that when you go, you're like, oh, my God, I'm in Independence Day or I'm in whatever, you know. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyways, we went there and uh, Lincoln Memorial and War Memorials and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the zoo, I mean, who cares, but the zoo was free, too. Um, so once you're there, you can do all kinds of stuff, and it's super cheap. But getting there, a little bit more expensive. But anyways, eight seasons of The West Wing. At one point, we were close to the White House, <laughs> and uh, we were reliving moments where Josh and Toby, uh, the characters, yeah. were like standing outside a particular gate. Yeah. We were like, remember that time that they were having that fight about that thing right here? Anyways, so dumb, but so great. Yeah. So just a question with the show. Should I prepare myself for you to go on like five to seven minute rants about family vacations? Oh, uh, probably. Sorry. <laughs> it's very possible. It's very possible. Someday you should you should go on a rant about something. Fucking dick. <laughs> Anyways, this was a roundabout way of saying. <clears throat> That I bought the newsroom season yeah. three, and awesome, awesome. we we started to rewatch season one, so we're rewatching it right now. Love it, yeah. Uh, yeah. And when you guys are done with season three, if I could borrow it for, yep, it. sure. Now the thing is, <laughs> one of the one of the things that really freaks me out is someone like, say for instance, Aaron Sorkin is deciding to do a show, right? And he is he is definitely seen at the, he's definitely considered at the moment to be one of the you know the top screenwriters in the world. Okay. When is that you, true? That's true, right? Yeah, like, like, really, when people say, like, people know Aaron Sorkin, and yeah. usually people don't know the screenwriter. Do you know what I Good mean? Good point. You know what? I, you know what I will say that is my favorite part about anything that Aaron Sorkin's ever done. Uh, uh, well, and let me just say that I only know Newsroom, West Wing, Social yeah. Network. He doesn't dumb anything down, and he flies. The dialogue and the pacing of everything just moves so fast. Yeah, and if you. I imagine that some people can't watch the newsroom or West Wing because it doesn't stop moving and it doesn't stop talking. Yeah. And it's all intelligent. Yes. And this is the thing. This is 
what he would say, because I've watched numerous interviews with Aaron Sorkin, he says that he loves the sound of intelligent spe people speaking to each other. Like that, to him, that's music, and that's mm -hmm. what he loves to write. Uh, now, the thing is, when you are coming to terms with the fact that you're going to write a political show, how do you get in the headspace to know what you're going to write about? Like, who do you have to sit with in order to make your story arcs so that that makes sense? And I suppose another question would be, after watching eight seasons of The West Wing, should Aaron Sorkin be the president of the United States? Yes. Like, like let's not worry about... Old Trumpy Sheen. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? But should Sorkin be the president? Yeah. Because you watch that show and you're just full of hope. I mean, the thing is, yes. But the thing is, like, with, with any medical show, there would be advisors advising the screenwriters, you know, on the sure. correct procedure and what, what would happen now. But, like, I mean, just to, just to sit there and be like, okay, well, we have another show coming up and now we have to, we have to think about ideas. And they have to be politically motivated. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, they probably it's could have terrifying. just turned on the TV. They probably could have just watched C-SPAN to see what was going yeah. on in the world. Like that would be have... interesting. Do you, do you do you follow current affairs? Do I? No, no, no. If you're making a political 100%. show, one hundred percent. Do you because yeah. then your show is dated. You're uh, dating your show. No, but but you're right. But that, but it's still awesome. Because the thing is, is that you know when you watched when you watch uh, West Wing, and I I think that he did because when you're watching West Wing and Newsroom, yeah, Newsroom touched on. Uh, the uh, uprising in Egypt newsroom yeah. touched on uh, when they got Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Right. And and when you're watching West Wing, West Wing uh, did the um, the uh, nuclear reactor, the Fukushima. Yeah. Blah, okay. Blah, blah, blah. So they they had scenarios that are that are really touch on on real life, and then you know they put their spin on how they think the office happened to work. Yeah, because you, you you never really get to really know the ins and outs of, you know, what happens behind the scenes. But yeah, that's that's where the magic happens. And that's yeah. what we're trying to do here. Yeah, we're trying to give you the magic of what happens behind the scenes. Exactly. And we also want to be smart. We do. We we don't want to be stupid faces. Well, that's true. We may not achieve. We we may not have Aaron Sorkin writing the dialogue for our shows, or no, our films. No, unfortunately. <laughs> no, but 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 you know what we can do. We can we can. Have you seen those master classes? Yes. We should talk about that. That well, anyway, we can talk about it right now. But but uh, the first master class that I saw was, uh, and I, I assume it's masterclass.com. I'm not sure what it's called, but if you just Google masterclass Kevin Spacey, that's the first one I saw. Yeah, me too. Kevin Spacey is doing a master class on acting, and uh, I was. It was like 90 US dollars or something like that. And and I was <laughs> saying to my wife, like, could I, should I do this? Because I think it would be really fun. It'd be really And good. it would probably be helpful to me, even though I'm, I don't consider myself an actor, nor would I act. But I think it would be fun to go through the exercises and really understand where he's coming from. Yeah. And then, and, uh, and um, uh, I didn't. But I still think it's genius. And then a after Kevin Spacey, I think sec the second one that they brought in was Aaron Sorkin, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And, and he's doing a whole writing workshop. So in theory, we could do the Aaron Sorkin workshop and yeah. get some of the Aaron Sorkin now, juices. Now, w another thing that I would love to talk about in the show yeah. is, um, t speaking about this, is that we have purchased yeah. a distribution 
Model. Model. Yes. Uh, or a distribution education platform. Right. Um, for independent filmmakers. And we also, I have a whole lot of books on filmmaking yep. and screenwriting in particular. And I would love to touch on those. Mm-hmm. Like, we obviously don't want to give away, you know what I mean? What, well, we, what we, we certainly, we, we would certainly be frowned upon if we purchased Bugalug's. Yeah, thing and distribution then, model, and, and then talked, gave all his secrets away. Right, but we could talk about like, you know, we could just talk about, and it's not like an analytical review, but we can talk about whether it's working, whether it's worth it, mm-hmm. what it is, mm-hmm. and I, because this is part of our process, part of our journey. Right, totally agree. So, uh, I and I would love to talk about the books that I'm reading. Yeah, with regard to screenwriting. So I don't know what would what would you call that. Yep. Reference material. I don't know. Yeah. Great idea, though. Reference section. What I like is... Um, uh, I, lo- I love the idea. Education. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I You know where I get a lot of my education from? It from sounds, sounds other terrible. people. Uh, I get a lot of it from Facebook. So, I mean, we can talk about that. I, I like Because I've, I've subscribed to... I don't get it from Facebook. Facebook doesn't teach me things. But... but I follow a lot of various things on Facebook, so I get fed tidbits of like, this is what you should be doing in your distribution model, or this is what you should be doing in your blah, 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 or yeah. you know, here's some of the writing tips that we have for you, or whatever. So uh, what I do is I flip through my Facebook feed, and I save like 14 things to read, and then I go through them and read them when I'm on the toilet or whatever. Titbits? Yeah, titbits. Little bits of tit. Yeah, is that not what I said? I said tidbits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just a funny sounding word. Oh, tidbits. After three beers, titbits is hilarious. Yeah, my... Um, Bits of tit. M- my wife works for a firm who uh, does the paperwork for transport trucks that go across the yeah. border. And she always says shipments. <laughs> that she fills out shipments all day. Shipments. I love it. And I just love saying shipment. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it would be a little mint that you would put inside your bum so your shit don't stink. Or okay, do you do it? I was you... I was going the other way, where I take little tiny poops and put them in a can <laughs> that people can then eat as a little shipment. And and here's the thing. But did you eat? I mint? don't know if you've ever woken up in the morning, and your significant other has been like, "Did you did you have a shipment?" Because your breath is terrible. <laughs> Brush your teeth. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as so I'm you going. would need to eat a whole lot of paper mint, mm-hmm. and then you would need to somehow control your anus to make little, little tiny poos. No, I can do that. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, I mean, 100%. just looking at your face, I can see that you can make little <laughs> tiny poos. Yeah. I don't know where I'm looking back here. I All right. I, oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I would love to talk about books too. Not not love not it. reference books. Yeah. I would love Story. to talk about fictional books that I'm reading or, cool. or non-fictional. Um, because I tell you, because I, I do read a fair bit as well. And, and you know, um, uh, our buddy Mike reads voraciously is yeah. constantly constantly throwing books out and always talking about what would what would be an incredible thing to option That's right. and one of one of the things that we've talked about before is how does a person even option a piece of uh, material to potentially turn into a screenplay or potentially make into a movie the, in the yeah. future so and the way lots, that it, lots of cool stuff the way that it would fit in is that no matter what it is mm-hmm. story yeah you know and this comes back to what i believe is the greatest Part of filmmaking, mm. 
that's the story before actually setting up the camera before you do any of that stuff it's coming up with the story and so books and the narrative that come from books falls into that world very cool now i will say i've you remember how excited i was about the city dean Koontz, the yeah. city finished it and kaka well let's talk about it a little bit kaka so, I so love, sad i love dean Koontz. yes a uh, big fan and there's lots of authors who put out a just a boatload of books, right? Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, of course, you, we can talk a whole show about Stephen King, and we should, right? Yeah. But we talked about Dean Koontz before, and I, I and I can't remember if I was the one that suggested that you try yes, Dean Koontz. You lent me I gave Frankenstein. You Frankenstein. So Frankenstein is one of my fa- one of my favorite Dean Koontz books. I love The Bad Place. I love uh, Lightning. Is another one that I. I'm a huge fan of, but I, I gave Adrian Frankenstein to try because I always thought it would be one of the greatest Frankenstein stories you could tell, and um, I actually I actually found out that they did make it into a movie, and I purchased it. So I'm gonna I haven't watched it yet, but I don't think it's great. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, so you tried the city, and the other day you we were chatting on the phone, and you were like, I'm reading this book, I'm couple chapters in and this is this is the bomb this we need to yeah. option the story so tell me a little bit about what the story is yeah so basically it follows it follows a young black piano prodigy child <clears throat> and he's awesome and he's a it's a great character he's he's fantastic he's surrounded by great characters what happens and what really made me take notice is that the spirit of the city comes in human form to him okay and she speaks to him okay so I love it when something that is normally is alive, something like a city that is an inanimate thing, but it's, it, it is alive and it takes human form or it, it becomes a metaphor. You know, a person becomes a metaphor for something much larger. Okay. And there's an element of mysticism in, involved. Like that kind of thing really, I love it. And so as soon as this woman came into being and she represented, she was the city. I am the soul of the city. And she comes and she addresses this child and she, she you know, they, they start a relationship. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I'm really excited. As the story progresses, it becomes kind of a thriller heist thing. And you could cut her out. The mystical side of things, yeah. the, the soul of the city, the, this woman coming into being, you could chuck her and it will be the same story. Mm. She gave him prophetic dreams, but he could just have the dreams... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know the adage, if you can cut it out of your story right. and your story still stands, then you should. Then you should cut it out. Sure. Because the thing is, what the story, what the book becomes about is he, it, it becomes about his father and this sort of gang who's terrorizing the city with bombs. They come back to kill him, to kill yeah. this young boy who's going to, who's busted them, who's told the police who they are and that kind of thing. But, and, and what, what she does is, and spoiler alert here, can I spoil it for you? Yeah. Okay. Can, can we spoil it for everyone? Uh, listen, tell you what. Uh, Switch it off if you don't want to turn be the, Turn the volume off for like four minutes. Yeah. Okay, go. Well, what happens is that at some stage in the, in the final altercation, the guy is about to, the, the lead bad guy is about to shoot this young boy in the head. And like a brick falls off a building. No, he, he shoots him, but then the spirit of the city is like, it's not your time yet, child. You may, you know, and kind of reverses time or doesn't allow him to get killed by that bullet shot. And so that bullet doesn't work. Really, what they should have had is like um, a garbage truck that's picking up the garbage in the route that the city's designed, like stops the bullet. 
something. But the thing is that you could you like everything with regards to the the, the city becoming a human being and the soul of the city, you could remove it from the story and the story yeah. would still stand. Mm. And that was so disappointing mm. for me because I wanted that aspect to be integral in the story. Like the story cannot take place without the involvement of the city. Right. And that is like, and now you talk about someone who's a prolific writer and someone who's creating stories all the time. From my perspective, that is a big mistake. You know what I mean? Do you hear him, Dean Goods? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sorry that from, from it, from, and I'm a nobody. Don't get me wrong. Who oh. cares about, who cares about what this guy says? No one. But I was just sad because if I was reading a screenplay, if I had written that as a screenplay and somebody had been like, yeah, you can take the woman out and the story is still good. I'd be like, oh, fuck. Because that's the best part of the story. Right. And it doesn't actually matter. It's In fact, it's the title of the entire book. That's sad. Okay, you can turn the volume back on. How would they I mean, know? You can, you can turn the volume back on. We're good. You can totally. Anyway, so speaking speaking of speaking of that, um, have you watched Collateral Beauty yet? No. Okay, so um, I haven't either. But what I've heard is that nobody likes it. Okay. Which I, which I feel bad for because I remember you were really excited about it. So oh, Collateral yeah. Beauty, this Collateral is the Beauty is the Will, Will Smith, right? The Will Smith where love is personified, death is personified, That's time right. is personified. Oh, I love it. So I and I know I remember I can't remember what we were watching some other movie when we saw the trailer for that one, but yeah, this is right up your alley. And uh, I've heard a few things. I don't know if you want me to spoil it for you, but no, go ahead. Um, Spoilers don't work on me. But apparently, so spoiler. So sh- turn the volume back down. So. Apparently, their friends of Will Smith hired actors to personify those characters because they knew he was writing to them. So they're not uh, they're not really the personification of time. They're blah blah blah. And apparently, love has her own love related problems, and death is dying, and time has his own problems too. And that they should have gone more, full. They should have went supernatural. They didn't apparently, and apparently. Everybody agrees with the fact that the way they did it was not great. Because the thing is that the thing is, it, you when you have meet Joe Black, right? Mm-hmm. He can either be death, or you can be like it's 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 kind of a mystical story, but it's really real. And you, you, I suppose you kind of have to decide what line you want to walk. Yeah, I say go with the go go with the the largest. Arc. Go with the biggest story. Go, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Make it mystic. Go as far as you can away from where we are right now. I love escapist film. I, I, I love seeing films about stuff that it takes Breaking me away. Shut your mouth. That takes me away from my life here. Okay. So if you can, like, the further away you can take me, the better. Mm-hmm. And when when I see somebody standing in front of me, I want them to be the personification of something fantastical. I want them to be more than a human. But that's just me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like a lot of people agree with me because of the popularity that I'm seeing. What did you look on Rotten Tomatoes? No. Where I... do you get your popularity votes from? No, just here. Yeah, I'm just looking. It's a 6.6 out of 10. Oh, go to Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten 6.6 6 is not bad. That's not too terrible. No, it's not bad. I mean, Will Smith probably got them the 6. Point. And my, I mean, my the wife, acting was, my wife the acting was loves probably Mark Ruffalo. 
Yeah. Whoa. 12%. <laughs> Is that critic or audience? Oh, man. 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, so, anyways. No, that's critics. The critics, critics panned yeah. it. Audience score is actually 67, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, you know, I'd be okay with the 67 audience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, critics are... And, uh, yeah. Critics are rough. Critics yeah. are haters. Critics are haters, really. Is well, what yeah. They, 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 want to, they want to write... Well, anyways. I'm not going to ban... I'm not going to make fun of critics. I felt like... Remember that ghost in Scrooged? Where he's like... I like pistachio. I like pistachio. I like green gravy. Anyways. No. No? Okay. Dick. Basically what I'm saying is I couldn't get the word out in the English language that I wanted to use. So I just... <laughs> you just carried I on just babbling. switched it. Is this I what happens after three beers? Might be. Yeah. Things we'll get messy. Okay, cool. Um, so let me just to recap what the show is going to be about. Mm-mm. Let's not recap that. Uh, because uh, if people have been listening, people are paying attention. Fuck you. People, uh, people have been uh, engaged. All right, you asshole. So let's uh, let's shut this 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 one down. What do you think? Okay. So I I mean I had fun. Um, I think we can do better than this. Yeah. It was fun though. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, man. And that's. <laughs> I I this mean, is really, part of the point. It's just about me really and you having about... a couple beers and sitting down and talking about shit. I, do you know what? I'm gonna scratch everything that I've written. I don't know to put you. No, but you don't understand. J and AD wow. talking shit. But again. About movies. Th- honestly, I think the, the biggest thing about this is ensuring that we keep chit-chatting about what we're doing, keep staying on track, and yeah, and uh, taking a minute. Because we want to make movies. Mm-hmm. And we are going to make one, definitely one more movie. I think two more movies, and then we'll see. You seem shocked. Man, you you know seem shocked you know and horrified. No, when I when I was quiet there, I could really hear my clock. <laughs> Anyways, no, you're right. I, like, no, I hear I hear you saying. And, and and it's not because we wouldn't want to make more movies. It's because we might eventually run out of money yes. to make these movies yes. unless we can pull money back in. And like this is the point. This is the this is the peak that we are reaching is like at some stage yep. we have to money has to come back in otherwise we can't make movies. Yep. No for sure. And you know what? We can talk someday, maybe next show. I don't know. We could talk about what it costs to make the smallest shittiest movie possible. Yeah. I mean, and then people, hopefully people will be like, you guys are assholes. We can make an entire movie for zero dollars. But you know what? Even when you make a movie for zero dollars, people go to eat. It it costs money. Yep. Right? Everything costs money. And yes, maybe people are, uh, maybe, you know, everybody's mom is baking a lasagna for one day of the shoot. And that's fine. But that still costs. And maybe everybody's coming in and working for free. And that's fine. But that still costs too. Right? Maybe people are taking a day off work or doing whatever. Uh, or, you know, everything just takes forever. And that, and that's the thing too, is maybe you spend less money, but maybe things drag out and never get finished. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of filmmakers are, were in that boat when we did world's greatest, um, we shot for two years Yeah. and didn't finish. Yeah. Right. That's terrible. You, oh, so, and, and yeah, I would love to talk about that. Anyways, um, you know, we can talk about all kinds of things and, we and we're gonna, and, uh, yeah, hopefully. this is Adrian constant and Jason S- green signing off. 
for our first podcast. Podcast number one. First frames first. First frames first. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Fable Forest Films podcast. First frames first. Yes. First frames first. Thank you, Jason. Welcome. If you enjoyed, head over to our website, www.thefableforest.com. Check out our films and sign up for our newsletter where we will send you exclusive content. Hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, always at The Fable Forest. And share our show with your friends. It'll really help us out a lot. Dream big. Work hard. 